One of the interesting things about the traditional Latin Mass is although the rubrics are solid, the text never changes. There are some variations in the way that it's experienced based on architecture, based on music, and also I think um, the priests and the laity and some geographical variations. And so I'm going to share some of those today because I think a lot of people, especially our experience in the United States, uh, we have very much of a low mass culture in traditional Catholicism. And uh, I've met some many trads who are very holy and pious. And just because of where they live and their geography, um, they may have never even seen a high mass, not even a Misa Cantata. So one of the places where I saw a lot of variation recently is I was in Paris uh, with my daughters. And we went to the traditional Latin Mass three times, thrice, at Saint-Nicolas-de-Chardonnay. It is uh, an old church. It was built in the uh, 1600s, I believe. And it has an interesting story. In 1977, uh, there was a traditional priest who opposed the Novus Ordo. And so he organized, there's a bunch of laity in the neighborhood. This is about, uh, I'm guessing, about a kilometer south of Notre Dame. So right in the middle of Paris, um, but on the southern bank. Uh, there's a bunch of lay people who felt the way, same way. So they went to this church, this ancient church. They came in with the Monsignor. Uh, they took over the altar, the high altar, and they started saying Mass. The parish priest, the Novus Ordo priest, was ejected from the building. And then they had a Mass. And then they said, well, why not just continue this? So that church has been occupied by traditional Catholics since 1977. That's 45 years it's been going on. And eventually, uh, this church came, went out. The church building itself is, like all churches in France, owned ever since the French Revolution, owned by the state. So the state owns it. That's why the traditionalists can have it. They go to the state and they're like, we're Catholic, we wear cassocks, we're priests and all that. And the state says, okay, if you're Catholic, you can use the Catholic church. But only the traditional Latin mass is has said there. And uh, it was glorious. It was great to see an ancient European church with all the side altars and the wooden um, confessionals and the wooden pulpit that goes, you know, twists up the column like this. All that stuff is still used. And the place was packed. We went there three times. You can see it's very beautiful to go to a traditional Latin mass with a high altar, with the vaults, with a great organ, choir. They have their own choir there. Here's the exterior. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So a few things that were different, uh, just to let you know that traditional Latin mass is not entirely uniform. So one of the things that my daughters asked me right away was, Dad, when it came time for communion, it was just total chaos. Like there's no ushers leading people out row by row. It's just sort of like a, you know, almost like an elbowing to get up to the altar rail to receive communion. And actually, I remember a traditional priest telling me, historically, there was a pope. I can't remember which one. I think he was in the 1800s who said that people should not come up pew by pew to communion because it puts pressure on people in the pews to go up and receive communion when they may not be ready to receive communion. Like if there's an usher standing right by you saying, come on up, sir. That puts pressure on the person to go up to the rail and perhaps make a communion that he's not prepared to make. Either he hasn't done the fast or he's in mortal sin, but that shouldn't be the way. Instead, it should just be people coming up, they're praying, they're getting ready, and they themselves 
get up to the front. So while it's a little bit chaotic, I actually appreciated this in France. And I think maybe in the United States, we could do that better. Maybe we don't shouldn't have ushers going line by line uh, down the nave, instructing basically everyone to go up for communion. Like you see that in every Novus Ordo church, maybe we trad shouldn't do that. Another thing I noticed is since the old wooden pulpit was halfway up the nave, after the gospel, um, the priest not only took off his maniple, but he took off his entire chasuble and he made his way from the altar all the way to the pulpit up into the pulpit. And then he preached just in his alb with his stole crossed. Um, a, it was cool to see a priest preach from the pulpit. When I was an Anglican cleric before I became a Catholic, we had a high pulpit. Not that high, but we had a high pulpit. So I remember being able to go up in the stairs and preach. It's a, it's a great it's just great. It's awesome. So that was that was neat. But since there was sort of this distance from the altar to the nave where the priest had to get and take off his vestments, between the gospel and that, another priest came up from a lectern. And I believe, my French isn't great, but I believe he was maybe made an announcement, but also did a catechism reading. So that was an interesting use of time right there. Another thing that was unique is when the priest, this was a Misa Cantata, I believe, a high mass, when the priest read the epistle at the altar, another priest in a um, surplus at a lectern read the epistle at the same time in Latin in French on a microphone to the lay people. I've never seen that in America. Uh, the priests either don't read the vernacular or they wait until they're in the pulpit and then they read the epistle and the gospel in English and then they preach their sermon. This was a simultaneous situation. So... The priest was definitely, I listened and watched, was doing the epistle in Latin. And then the second priest read it in French. And then when it came time for the gospel, again, the priest was on the gospel side doing the gospel in Latin. And then the priest read the gospel at the same time, I believe if my memory is correct, in French to the laity. So it kind of saves a little bit of time there. That was different. Uh, of course, there were confessions going on during Mass, which is great, wholesome. Um, the other thing that I noticed that I appreciated, it, it was much more medieval in that people were moving around, uh, even with kids and all that. So a little bit more, if you've ever been to like an Eastern Rite or Eastern Orthodox, people were lighting candles at the side altars. By the way, there's beautiful votive stands with, with candles just dripping wax everywhere, you know, a shrine of to St. Joan of Arc or the Little Flower. Just nice to see all the different side altars and devotional centers in the church being used, being used. So, you know, before Mass, after Mass, all of that, of course, the bells being rung. It was just, it was great just to see a ancient church being used the way an ancient church should be used. Um, but I like the idea that you could kind of move around before Mass, even during Mass, light some candles, pray at one of the various shrines uh, or places of piety. They had uh, the confessions. A couple of them were marked French and English. So uh, I was able to make a confession in English, which was great. The clergy there were amazing. I heard they have 12 priests at San Nicolai, and uh, they were warm, welcoming, hospitable. We felt very comfortable there. The, the lady were kind, great community. After mass, it spills out onto the 
kind of little courtyard street there and people are are talking and and fellowshipping and it's just uh remarkable the other thing that i that i i wanted to note was the use of the organ man it was awesome in an old in a big old church like this look at this you know just imagine the sound of the organ in there and then at one point we were at a low mass and they were playing the organ a little bit through low mass and my daughters thought that was unique because they hadn't seen that before i said yeah and in europe i think especially in germany austria um, playing music on top of the low mass um, was a thing low mass with organ in america our low mass is super quiet very monastic very bare bones but uh, i think in europe there is this tradition of low mass with sort of accompaniment with the organ and it was cool to experience that so uh, i've been there's also little differences you know for example when i'm in rome and you go to uh, trinita the fssp parish there you'll, you'll see things like they light the sanctus candle during low mass which kind of stands in for the thurifers uh, the altar boy thurifers and then it'll go on at the sanctus and then it'll be distinguished at the ablutions so there are these little unique things you kind of have to look for them and it was also cool for my daughters to be there and see the Latin Mass in a different context and to learn more about uh, the French tradition. I also heard that in Italy, I noticed at, at the consecration, when the priest genuflex rings the bell, elevates, rings the bell once, genuflex rings the bell, and then the chalice, genuflect, bell, elevation, one bell, genuflect, bell. In America... And in France, there is what I've heard is the French custom. Genuflect, consecration of the host. Elevate three bells, one, two, three. Genuflect, bell, same thing with the chalice. Genuflect, bell, elevate three, three, three. Genuflect, one, so actually five and five. So these are little distinctions. And uh, as you travel, you may see some of these. And uh, maybe leave a comment below. Did I miss something at St. Nicholas? And uh, what are some of the other variations that go on? Especially, I think, post Traditions Custodis, uh, the whole idea of vernacular epistle and vernacular gospel and the way that's done in different ways, um, it's worth the conversation. I'm a traditionalist. I'm firm. I believe the epistle and gospel should be done in the Latin somehow. You can't just put the vernacular in there. Uh, and I've talked about that before. Uh, it's basically because the epistle and the gospel are oblations in the all right they're actually part of the sacrificial offering of mass so they're part of the mass and they should retain in latin and be performed by the priest all right well thanks for watching please leave a comment i'd love to hear your thoughts especially if you've been to saint nicholas in paris uh if you're a parishioner there and then everyone who i met there and david and amy who came from croatia howdy to y'all all the kind uh parisians and french people uh, that we met in France and that welcomed us and made us feel at home. Thank you so much. And if you're in Paris, I highly, highly, two thumbs up, recommend that you go to Saint-Nicolas-de-Chardonnay. Beautiful, gorgeous, can't say enough. Thanks for watching. Make sure you pray that rosary every single day. If you don't pray the rosary, you are not on the team. And also, if you like this video, give it a thumbs up. Share it on Facebook or Twitter by using the share button. And if you're new, please subscribe. Hit the subscription button and you'll get more videos like this.
a happy feast or happy week octave of Pentecost. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ says, you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed.